Uh, ben, thank you so much for stepping in at the last minute to cover for Bruce. No problem. Where is Bruce? Uh, he is on a police call out. I don't think he's been arrested, but um, he sent a message an hour and a half ago saying that he has to go and do some translating for a police emergency. So that trumps podcast. Uh, but uh, I've got some bad news, mate. You've actually trained us on a very, very sad day. This is the last ever Brewdog News podcast. There's no point anymore. Uh, Brewdog revealed the first of their rebranded products over the weekend, and according to many people on the internet, it's just it's all over for Brewdog. They may as well just shut the doors and never brew a beer again. So no more Brewdog, no more podcast. Sad times. Um, I don't really mind the new designs, to be that honest. Oh. Oh, well, if, if you like them, maybe there is hope after all. Okay, let's do it. Let's make a podcast. That seemed a lot funnier in my head, actually, when I was planning <laughs> that. With the music, if you cut it right, it'll sound. <laughs> right, here we go. Please note, this show is entirely supported by you, the listener. Without your kind donations, we simply could not produce this podcast. If you want to hear more from us, please visit patreon.com forward slash News for a really cool way to help us. Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 38 of the Brewdog News Podcast. This is being recorded on the 3rd of February 2020. We're your source for all the latest news, views, thoughts and reviews from the world of Brewdog and craft beer. The show is hosted by myself and as you've heard, stepping in at the last minute to cover for Bruce, it's Ben Moore. Hello, hello everyone. And on a rare day back in the UK, I think he's only been in the UK about three days in 2020 so far, it's the ever-angelic Andrew Watson. Hello, everyone. And the jewel in our crown, the ever-jovial Joanne Love. Oh, hello, everyone. Coming up on this week's show, everything is changing at BrewDog, and it's a very big deal. Some people love it. Quite a lot of people seem to absolutely hate it. We're going to give you all the details. Joe visits the kennels in Aberdeen. She's going to tell us all about that. Fanzine has changed. There's new walking tours. There's another fake brew dog bar. This one's quite cool. Uh, big news about a redevelopment of the HQ in Ellen, which is kind of breaking news. Plus, we've 22 other things to tell you about. So strap in, everyone. Standard disclaimer time. We are all shareholders in Brewdog PLC, but we do not work for or speak on behalf of Brewdog. So, without further ado, let's play some theme music. We're definitely bigger than we used to be, but we're still inconsequentially tiny in the context of the global beer business. Why are you a punk? Am I a what? A punk? I really like beer and I like to drink it a lot. We wear our heart on our sleeve and we do things in our own terms. Am I right saying that Brewdog is trying to make crafted beer popular? Hi, hi, Brewdog News Podcast. It's Blackie here for our Meldrum again. Have we started yet? And a huge shout out to all our Patreon supporters, but especially our top tier Patreon supporters, Innes and Neil. Thank you, Innes. Thank you, Neil. And thank you to the very same Innes who did our little intro bit there. So thank you very much, Innes. Uh, right. It's been a couple of months since we last did a proper podcast. And although we did cover quite a bit of news in our Christmas special, I think rather than just going round us all saying, hello, how are you? Did you have a nice Christmas and New Year and all that sort of stuff? We're just going to get straight into talking about news. Uh, I was going to start with Bruce, but Bruce isn't here. Um, 
Ben, thank you so much for stepping in. I know this is like horrible for you. You've had, what, an hour and 10 minutes notice and here you are. I spoke to Bruce earlier today and the one story that he was excited about that's coming up is the, um, well, I'll let you tell everybody about it. Go for it. Okay, um, so there's going to be an 8% Nitro Imperial Vietnamese Coffee Stout by Evil Twin and Brewdog and it's coming to Tesco. Okay, now try saying that three times really fast. <laughs> <laughs> Imperial <laughs> Vietnamese coffee stout. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, you may have heard in the um, previous podcasts us speaking to James about this uh, new revelation. Um, it was originally called Latex Latte when we spoke to him, but it's now being called Roaster Coaster, which I think means something completely different in Scotland. It's a nitro canned in Columbus, um, as they have the ability to do that over there. Um and as James stated in the recent forum post, it's a wonderfully decadent and um, sorry, it's a wonderfully decadent nitro Vietnamese coffee imperial stout, which epically showcases the nitro dispense in an imperial stout form. Um, the beer is focused towards the UK and EU market. It should be hitting our shores early March. Uh, we're still waiting on confirmation on the pricing, but the previous collaboration cans in that format usually sit around three or four pound in Tesco's. Um, no word if it's going to get a release in the US, but I think because it's being canned out there, that shouldn't be too much of a problem. But yeah, it's exciting. This is, um, as I previously said, it's uh, it's good to see some of the kind of like the legendary US names coming more into the mainstream in the UK. Really can't wait for that to come out. Oh, blimey. We're actually talking about beer on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Joe, uh, you're looking fantastic. Uh, our listeners can't, oh, thank can't you. see that, but I can uh, watch had my haircut you have indeed what is your uh, what was your little <laughs> takeaway the last few weeks that you thought you'd like to share so exciting news brew dog tv is now free and available to all on youtube Woo-hoo. so if you go to youtube and you just google and you just google uh-huh, mm-hmm. uh, just put in the search bar brew dog tv all of the episodes will come up the newest one that was posted two days ago is brewing the ultimate beer for los angeles from the brew dog show um Full disclaimer, I haven't watched any of these yet, but I'm very excited to. Uh, the Brewdog Show is on there. Are You Smarter Than a Drunk Person is a series of shows. Um, that could be interesting. Maybe we should have that as a feature on the podcast. Well, I'm very <laughs> drunk right now, so okay, are, you, well. are you smarter than <laughs> me? I mean... I am. Do I get to stay on the podcast if I say yes? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm drunk. What do I care? Yay! <laughs> Uh, oh, there's an ingredient series that I'm quite excited about. I'm going to be watching that soon. So go nerd. and check it out. Yes, proper beer nerd. That's me. <laughs> Andrew, um, we haven't heard from you since well in before, well, middle of December, wasn't it? Um, what little story have you picked out that you're excited about? Hang on. What story did you pick out for me? Um, <laughs> no, don't no, don't pull back the curtain, Hang Andrew. What, what, what am I excited about? The AF bar that you haven't been to yet. <laughs> So this January, I've been excited about BrewDog's new alcohol-free bar, what used to be the draft house at Old Street in London, which sits roughly halfway between the Clerkenwell and Shoreditch BrewDog bars, closed in December, sacrificing a ton of festive trade, and it reopened at the very start of January, painted white, 
as Brewdog's first no-alcohol bar. And I think it's a really, really interesting move, and it's been absolutely rammed through January. Of course, the proof in this pint will be through February into uh-huh. March and up to yep. next December, but... Uh, I think it's a really positive move. I think what's also great is the press picking up on Brewdog's alcohol-free beers and particularly the alcohol-free event, which I think Ben went to and has since seen some interesting content you've posted on the forum, Ben. Yes, um, I I got to go to the alcohol-free festival that they ran and um, you know the whole space is just getting really, really good at making beers that are just exciting the um, craft beer channel on YouTube actually posted a video a few days ago about um, doing blind taste tests between two alcoholic versions and the alcohol-free versions Brewdog were putting out. They they managed to guess which ones were the alcohol-free, but they said it was very difficult in a lot of the cases. Um, so you do get quite a lot of people who try them and think, well, that doesn't really taste like a beer, but someone who doesn't drink alcohol it's a lot more exciting than what's already available mostly sugary hoppy water Uh um but uh now they're going with like the like the textures and um the flavors that you get and like the scents as well like the stouts but smelling exactly the same as i'd expect so it's, it's quite an exciting prospect and i think london's the best place to test that out um yeah was that exciting enough for you (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You actually almost sounded interested there. Well Good. done. Well, BAFTA for me. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I've got a little bit more on AF, alcohol-free, coming up. Uh, my one is just to mention, if you missed it, it went past really quickly. James did mention there is going to be a Metro Mayhem style event in Dublin at some point. No dates, no further details. I presume it'll be around the area of the Dublin bar. And I am hoping, and I always say this, but I'm hoping I can get to go along. Uh, it was the circus thing, I think, last year that they did, wasn't it? Out at an airstrip or something near Dublin. And it, it wasn't, a, it wasn't, it worked, but it wasn't as packed out as they wanted because it was out of town. So hopefully this will make a a big deal, big difference, should I say. Yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay, it's time to get on to our main story. Uh, this is a big one. It uh, On the surface of it, it doesn't sound like a big one at all, but this is probably one of the most important things. Uh, to sum it up, let's start with a quote from James that pretty much sets the tone of the conversation. Uh, Andrew, are you any good at doing impressions of James? Not not voice ones, um, but for the three of you on video, I'll... No, I'm not even going to do that. Anyway, this <laughs> may be... You, yeah, put the your most- shirt back on, please. Ew. <laughs> anyway, sorry, carry on. You try again. What's the, what's that, the that, quote from that James? That only happened in your head, and that's disturbing. Um, this may be the most pivotal year in Brewdog history. We are moving from Rebels to Mavericks. That's nice. Let's compare it to when James actually said it. Oh, did he actually not, say it? Not too bad. So 2020 is, is maybe going to be one of the most pivotal years ever in our history. So... How, how do they compare? Uh, it was actually, yeah, okay. Anyway, uh, right, strong <laughs> words, but what do they actually mean? Well, when it comes to how Brewdog is presented to the outside world, the new look has started to appear in stores, well, supermarkets, as of right now. And boy, oh boy, today people are upset. It's fair to say that when any branding by any well-known company changes, there are always going to be people who love it and some who hate it. Uh, the equity punk community is a community that's never scared to speak up. So as you can imagine, there's been quite a response to the new designs. Um, 
Now, this is tricky to sort of describe on a podcast, so, but if you were to walk into a Tesco in the next few days and look for a four-pack of punk, you should now see a fairly plain white box with a, a picture of a can of punk on it. Um, and a lot of people have said it kind of looks a little bit Apple-like, you know, when you see their product boxes that are just white with the picture of the phone in the middle. Clean, simple, and refined is, is what I've written down here. Um, the can design, in fact, all of BrewDog design is changing too. Um, the dog is still there, um, but the typeface has been updated to be much cleaner. If you remember many, many, many years ago, the, the BrewDog lettering used to be quite a scruffy, angry sort of typeface. Then it's gone a little bit cleaner, but we're still with the rough edges. Now it's completely a clean font uh it's it's quite a change and um it's a it's a change of direction that james did mention uh if you're on again listen if you go back and listen to that interview with james you'll you will hear them make those quotes above and talk about it uh, i've recently found out as well that uh on thursday and i'm not sure if that's thursday this week or thursday next week but they are launching this as a full rebrand of Brewdog. So I think it's probably going to get some press, and based on the comments that it's got today, it's going to get a lot of comments as well. Um, huge amount we could talk about on this, uh, from the new can and bottle designs to the aspirations of BrewDog to become a B Corp, um, which is another interesting aspect. From leaving behind the punk ethos to pushing forward with this this idea of getting into new markets. There's a, a new BrewDog Pale Ale that is part of the strategy that's replacing Indy, and there's the Overworks rebrand coming up that he's, he's mentioned as well. And as I've said, there's a lot of pushback from the community and all of this, not just because it's changed. Um, so I popped a question uh, on the iHogCoYou BrewDog and on our own social media channels earlier on, uh, asking people what they thought. I put a picture of a bottle of punk and a can on there. I'll pop a link in the show notes just in case you've uh, you've not seen any of this and you just want to see what we're actually talking about. So I thought it might be interesting before we start talking about it for me to open my browser and see what people are saying. <laughs> I've just opened the link. <laughs> 148 comments. Oh, wow. Where is this? Is this I Hardcore You? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just going to pick a few at random. Jesus, that's awful. <laughs> oh, first thing that came into my head when I saw the new form pack designed by Apple in California. Well, that's what I was saying. I guess they are wanting to appear more grown up, maybe grow from the punk attitude. But ultimately, I guess it's what's inside that matters. And that is where some things felt like they've changed for me. It feels like someone has turned down the volume on the flavours, especially punk and hazy jam. Am I the only one? Are my taste buds lying to me? And someone's replied, punk has been terrible for years. So th this, this, that's a really good example. Every time I've seen anybody talking about this new design on the cans, it's brought out the conversations about so much more about Brewdog. Um, mm. It looks like a school prefect's badge. Wow. Very, very dull. Hate it, looks macro and sh <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> If it brings oh. in a hostile takeover by AB and Bev or similar mega brewery, I'm happy. A uh, appalling. <laughs> wow. Just... I've got a positive one. Oh, go on. <laughs> wow. Just saw these in person at Asden Newton Mearns. The new branding isn't that bad in real life. It's just change and it's only natural people don't like change. I thought the current branding sucked compared to the original one, but it grew on me rapidly. I think this one will too. Ooh. 
Okay, that's positive. Looks too similar to more beer. M-O-O-R, more beer. Um, have fever tree bought brew dog. Brilliant. Hmm. Um, prefer the old design. Not a fan. I thought the whole idea was to build a brand and identity so it was identified. This looks like a cheap knockoff that you would find somewhere in Turkey. Yeah, a lot of comments saying why change it is a gif of a man just looking confused. Um, <laughs> looks I, I, like supermarket own brand juice surprised it's not called craft ipa that was in craft ipa with fingers just looks this comment here just looks <laughs> yeah so um yeah and uh, and obviously um there is a chap who's commented on here called james watt uh and uh joe um yeah you notice this one He's putting, this is not even the final design. Please wait until you see the final thing in the flesh before you judge it. It's hard to judge a pixelated screen grab. Official launch is Thursday. Okay, so chances are you're listening to this podcast. It's already come out. So there'll be a hell of a lot more talk on this. Um, sorry, James, that I, I I disagree, buddy. I do honestly think, that if you're listening to this, that the, the picture that we've posted up there does look identical to the cans that are out now. Um, although the the can designs are very slightly lighter blue, but as I understand that that's um, that's changing anyway, it's not quite exactly what you were looking for on them. I mean, Ben's got one there literally in his hand, so yeah, I mean, he's holding yeah. it up to yeah, our video chat. Yeah, that looks exactly like it. It is the same design. Okay. As soon as I saw it, I bought a four pack and took some pictures. But yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely uh, dividing the community, I think. But most people. Not, not happy. Well, let's quickly go around and just get, you know, a quick your opinion. What what do you think of it personally, Ben, that design? I don't hate it. Um, I mean, the cans are much better than the box. I mean, I, I don't like the box at all. Seeing, like, the shiny silver surface on the can makes a lot more sense um, in person than it does on a photo. It's, it's quite hard to convey, like, the shininess of it. And that stands out a lot more than... Uh, the old cans where it was um, just white, uh, black, and then the blue uh, mixed on. I think it could do quite well if they weren't in the uh, the boxes uh, in that case. Um, if you just had the cans out, kind of like how it's at Carlsberg at the moment where they glue them together, it would catch a, a lot more people's eyes than just having them in the box. But it will just uh, we'll just have to see what happens. Um, in terms of uh, some of the markets that it's going into as well, um, I think it will stand out a lot more than just the standard like, lagers and beers that are coming out um, from the macro producers. Seems, seems a lot of people disagree with you on that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's going to um, be one of those arguments. Um, apparently, this happened with the last rebrand. I wasn't around for that, unfortunately. But um, who knows? We'll uh, we'll see. Um, Joe, what's your take on the thing? I don't mind it. Um, I think it's going to grow on us. And I think a lot of people are saying, oh, it's, uh, it's no need to rebrand. But I think there is. And I think you've got to realise that the you know the craft beer market is moving on. So we need to move on. And also, as James has said, the original design was for bottles and we're now in cans. So there has got to be a change, whether this is the right change, who knows. But there is a need for change. I'm not a fan of the white boxes, but they may grow on me as well once I see them on the shelf with others. Yeah, I suspect that the white boxes will change. Uh, I just have that yeah. feeling that, that you know, <clears throat> in this entire process, James has only posted up, this is where we're going. He's never really gone, what do you guys think, other than at the very, very early stage. Um, 
So, but obviously there'll be a team of folk. I would like to think there's a team of folk who've been involved with all that and getting that, you know, and making sure that it, it tested well and all these sort of things. Uh, but I'm surprised on the white boxes because they have universally been met with like, mm, no, it's it's too much like Apple. It's too boring or something like that. So I don't know. Um, one of the things uh, um, I found as well that people are complaining about is that um, previously uh, BrewDog didn't have the boxes. The boxes were like a conscious effort to remove plastic. Yeah. So the boxes that were being used on the old cat designs were specifically designed for the um the old design of the cans yeah. and that moved from the bottles but it had a lot of community input back then they had things like the idea of like putting the stickers on it to make it look like uh it was like a music one of the old music crates um things like that that was uh, all community led but the fact that they've gone to a design agency who's probably not used to having to deal with like a community like discussion on branding is um it's quite different for them um they would usually just go to a company the ceo would sign off on it and it would just get released but when you're implementing the whole efp community into the mix it's something new for them they're they're they would just be used to coming up with what they think is a good idea and putting it out there yeah um i i think that uh andrew i'm going to come to you in a second on this I think it's worth mentioning that I did uh, spend a little bit of time looking at the design uh, and some of the stuff that James has shared that's not the cans and bottles and, and other things like how this would work in terms of signage, how it would work on a, a runner that you get on the top of a bar, how it would look on a badge on the front of a beer font and things like that. And uh, from a technical point of view, uh, from a design, um, the three or four professional designers I've spoken to have all gone, yeah, I mean, whatever your taste is, the design is going to work much better. the 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 current brew dog design it often required, you know, really creative thinking to make it work as small as a bottle top and as as big as the side of a, a, a an about to open new bar. Um. So so that would have all been factored in, and that will make life a lot easier for a lot of people who have to do this work. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to make that point before I throw this over to Andrew. Andrew, I have not spoken to you on this at all. Uh, I haven't even seen you commenting on the forum on this, but I have already got a feeling uh, that you're not going to be entirely enamoured. Over to you, sir. Life's too short for all the nonsense on the forum these days, so that's this, that's more <laughs> what that is. <laughs> I don't mind it. I've been through this a couple of times now. Oh, um, okay. I went through this with Brewdog five years ago, and for me, I'm still irritated by the sideways writing. Um, friend of the podcast, Martin Mascord, is still complaining about that, and rightfully so. So we kind of have corrected that for the bulk of the writing now, so that pleases me. Um, but more recently, my first love is rugby and in particular Glasgow Warriors rugby. And we went through a massive rebranding at the start of this rugby season, so back in uh, July, August, and got rid of a logo and a, a look and feel that had been with the club for 10-plus years, with which we won the league, been successful in Europe as well. And the remit just gonna, was basically... Do you mind if I just clarify, when, when you're saying we there, are you involved with the club or is this you as a supporter of the club? No, as a, as a, a diehard supporter. And, you know, that, that cool. true sporting we sense. And yeah, I thought the new design was horrible. It looked like an American football logo. And when I read up on the reason for it, and it was basically the old logo was a line drawing. And this one is, uh, uh, designers will be shouting at me, but it's basically a, a usable vector that looks 
uh, is able to be used in multiple different ways. And all of a sudden, they're right. It pops off screens. It, it looks fantastic in the branding. And it's a roundabout way of saying, this is how I feel about the BrewDog rebrand as well. It's cleaner. It's crisper. The old design... It worked for the adolescence of Brewdog. It had the letterpress thing going on, which was cool at the time, but it is starting to look a bit old in my book. Going crisp and clean. Remember when Apple stopped being skeuomorphic with their look and feel? You know, the game centre stopped looking like a billiard blaze table. Um, the notebook stopped looking like a notebook and that yeah. sort of thing. It feels like that is what BrewDog's going through just now, to be design-led rather than trying to be something a bit edgy. And let's be honest, when was the last time BrewDog were especially edgy? I mean, the design is primarily for supermarket beers, and I last bought a supermarket BrewDog beer back in July last year, I think. I mean, Life and Death from Vacation is a much fresher and, in my book, a much better uh, supermarket hoppy beer at the moment. So I've never even looked at the Brewdog beers since then. The exciting beers will still have their own limited run labels, so it's not going to impact on the stuff that most of us as geeks are actually drinking. So if there's a design business out there that has said to James and to the Brewdog team, Here's something that we think has worked really well in focus groups, that has worked really well with supermarket buyers who do this stuff, then all power to them to change it. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of cliches going around, people saying, oh, this is like your favourite band doing their their fourth album and they move away from doing emo screamo metal to doing middle of the road albums. Ultimately, that's what Brewdog are. And it's a bit of a cliche that started to annoy me, but that's where this business is. And it's at a stage yeah. now where it can either continue being the the biggest fish in that small craft beer pond where it's getting eaten alive by Innocent Gun in Scotland, by Innocent Gun so-called craft lager. It's getting destroyed in the crucial London market by Meantime and Camden with their macro backing. Brewdog has to do something. And I think this looks all right. The white boxes look fine as well. I think there's some question marks about how they're displayed in the supermarket shelves. The only thing I would wonder is... The label on the bottle, and this is really picking at it, but the label on the bottle is just a shield. Just now it's really easy to see punk in a bar fridge because it's got that wrap of blue all around it. That won't be the same anymore. But other than that, we'll see how it goes. And ultimately, one final point, which is about the general moaning and the general negativity on the Brewdog shareholder forum. Oof, this ought to be interesting. we need to take a look at ourselves as humans. I mean, there are some really diehard, highly invested Brewdog folk who I won't name, but, you know, really engaged shareholders who've just given up because all the shareholder forum has become is a place to complain about trivial and unimportant things when it's only beer. It's one thing to be passionate about the business and to stand your ground about matters of principle like Neil Fletcher with the Dubai Bar and Ben, all the great work you do about inclusivity and representing those who are marginalised in our communities. That is wonderful. But all the perpetual moaning we have now is putting the BrewDog staff, once again, in a pretty miserable place to all that I've heard from them. Ultimately, I'm stopping going there, and all we get is complaints and complaints and complaints, and I just don't get it, and I don't get why this has to be why people do it there. And this, for me, this branding evolution piece has brought out the worst in folk. 
Yeah. Mm. Uh, I remember, I'm sorry, Ben, I'm going to jump in here. Uh, yeah, sure. James, James Pope, it was, he's done a series of posts on this, but the one he put up where they were really close to the design, he took ages. I mean, I know how long it takes to formulate a nice forum post, you know, with nice pictures <laughs> and to explain <laughs> everything. And this was the CEO of the company coming along to say to the shareholders, hey, this is where we're at and what we're doing. And it was really nice. And literally the first comment underneath was, was, and I'm going to do it in this tone of voice, it probably wasn't meant, but it was, why don't you just stick to making better beer rather than changing mm-hmm. designs? And it really, really annoyed me. Uh, and I ended up getting quite heated on there. So much so that I discovered there's a thing on the forum where if you post quite a lot uh, in a particular sort of ranty way on there and have lots of posts, a little warning comes up and says, are you sure you want to be posting this? <laughs> <laughs> At which point I thought, you know what? Yeah, I'm getting wound up. Um, I, do, I do think it's horribly unfair to James that you know, he can reveal something like this and share it, which other companies don't do. And the first comment back is, why are you doing that? Now, I understand. I've got, I've got some I've got some more thoughts on this. So I can, can I finish a thought on this, Bob, before I lose this? Of course, Sorry, yes, I, before, went, yeah. I, I went water on you because you're Bob. It's <laughs> all right, go for it. Um, now, you've got me on my soapbox, and you'll have noticed I've not posted much on the BrewDog forum this year, and I've... I, I've been absolutely slammed with work, yes, but also I just don't care at the moment because yeah. it is such a negative place. And this branding piece really hits home. There are well over a hundred thousand Brewdog shareholders now. On the shareholder forum, 114, I believe. Yeah, so well over. There's maybe one thousand engaged at any time, and of that, maybe two hundred and fifty who are actively commenting on stuff. I mean, let's be honest. As of time of recording, there's 475 posts on this brand evolution. Okay, a few hundred now hardcore, you brew dog. So at best, 1% of the audience actually cares enough to comment. But then we get into the territory of people expecting a say because they bought a share. And that was the case when I came along in EFP 2, 3 and 4. But it really can't be the case now because there's too many people there. And when James is asking for opinions... Of course, it's because he's made his mind up rather than because he's asking for feedback. It's only if somebody discovers that something's either deeply offensive or racist or something like that will something be done, like when we had uh, punk porn or wherever that was back in September 2018. Yeah. So ultimately, James isn't posting this stuff because he wants Keith, the teacher from Solihull, or I don't know, Angela, the chiropractor from Bankery's opinions on marketing, because ultimately they're not worth anything. What matters is sense checking for absolute disasters and getting an overall sentiment. And the overall sentiment of the wider market after six months will be meh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I don't think, I mean, it is like when James comes on and sees like that, you know, negative comment like that, it's no wonder that he, he, he gets a bit chipper on the forum. Um, I, I, I'm sometimes surprised he even bothers to come on and talk anymore because it's just a constant stream of at Brewdog James, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Um, I, I also understand as well that people who feel like they own this uh, part of this company would be angered when someone when they come along and say okay we're changing things and you don't really get a say we're just here to tell you we're changing things i can see why that would make you go but but i want to get my opinion across and i want to say it's wrong and i want you to stop doing it 
without really understanding that it doesn't really matter what you say, you know, unless it's like super constructive. I mean, there was someone who on the forum created a design and there was a lot of people saying, um, oh, that's much better design. I don't understand why you're not even considering using that design. Uh, and folks not really sort of getting the idea that, they, that where they've got to now is so far down the line that there's really no, there's no change in it. And then getting frustrated that James is not taking on this random person's designs, even though they're great. <sighs> yeah, but James said what the problem was with that design. There were a couple of reasons why it didn't work. And he also was talking to that person behind the scenes like he does. If James likes what you do, he drops you a note and he has a chat. I mean, I've talked to him a couple of times about various things connected to my career specialism where he's wanted to talk things over. I know he has with you as well, Ben. And ultimately, not everything happens on the forum. And just because people have a share means absolutely nothing. You've spent 25 quid in the last round to get a log into the forum. You might be a Sun journalist, we'll come back to that, or you might be somebody that just wants to have their say. But ultimately, you know, I've got a ton of shares in my employer, which is a pretty major international conglomerate, and I don't get a say. I don't even get a say as staff. So I don't know where this idea that everyone gets a say because they've got a share comes from. It's nice to find out about stuff, but ultimately... You don't own the company. That power sits with James Martin plus one other significant shareholder who may side with them in a board meeting. Oofed. Um, ben, go for it. Yeah, all I was going to say is the um, the thread that I posted up about um, the the inclusivity signs, that literally went down, well, why are we doing this? Why aren't we just making beer? As uh, Andrew said, it's um, now that everyone feels comfortable sharing their opinions with James and it's gotten so big, it's, it's just one of those... Um, situations that are just going to evolve into um, bickering and people saying that they're more worthy of being listened to than others and yeah so we'll see what happens with the um, we'll see what happens with the branding um, oh I, I'm, I'm I not think sure. I know what's going to happen with it I think that when it officially gets launched and gets all over the press and uh, on Thursday I think that it's going to be a, an absolute um, sorry mm. bleep machines well, out again but I completely disagree, but who with? Is it with the few hundred people who, okay, they're the diehard fans, but really aren't marketing and branding experts? I mean, the wider press won't really care. Oh, they'll say Brewdog unveils. The morning advertiser will talk about Brewdog's fresh new look and how Brewdog's grown up, which isn't unsurprising when yeah. the company's, what, 11, 12 years old now. 11 years and old, yeah. There'll be a load of whining on the shareholder forum for a few days, and then something else will happen. People will get over it. I mean, Ultimately, I know a lot of people have invested in Brewdog as their first ever investment and it will take, and I'm not saying this to try and say this in a patronising way, but ultimately Brewdog is so open and so uh, communicative with its shareholders. This doesn't happen in any other business. And ultimately when you invest in a business, you trust the board, you trust the management to make strong strategic and commercial decisions. James and Martin have been wrong a number of times, but overall they've been right and look where they've taken the business. You've got to trust them on this. And ultimately it's the it's the concept of the one way and two way doors. You know, if you're making and I, I have to go through this every day in, in my job with and take the responsibilities I have to make a decision. If I go through this, is there a point of no return? In which case it's a one way door. I can't go back through it. Or is it a two way door? And ultimately, rebranding, 
yeah, it's expensive and it's time consuming and you might get it wrong, but you can still go back and try again. It's not the absolute end of the world. It's not like selling, you know, 51% or 49% of your business to Heineken as uh, <laughs> Beaver Town did. So I'm quite relaxed about it. And I think it's good that people are passionate, but man, the internet's a really awful place. Yeah. Joe, um, us three men have been speaking a lot and you have not. Um, not that gender really matters in this conversation. I don't even know why I brought that up. No. Uh, but no. yeah, it's. Um, do you think listeners to this podcast are going to be disappointed that, that all of us have not gone, oh, I'm so angry with Brewdog right now? Or do you think they're going to listen to this and go, yeah, actually, I think they've got a point that things have to change and this it might not be to your taste, but it's it's a change. Here it is. It's, it's going to probably work well. I think that if they've got a strong enough opinion, they've put it on Facebook, they've put it on the forum, then listening to us isn't going to change their opinion. But as well, it's not just about us as EFPs. It's not just about current customers. It's about future customers and new customers. And if we want the business to grow and do well, we've got to tap new markets. We've got to get new customers. And maybe this is the way to do it by changing the branding and, and focusing it to somebody else. Because yeah. we're already going to buy the beer. It's the new people that go, oh, what's that on the shelf? And buy something new. I've got a yeah. friend who only buys beers because she likes the labels. So That's a good idea. Great idea. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I, she literally I, I, just goes in and goes, "Oh, that's a nice label." Ta-da! Is her, is her name Angela? Is she a chiropractor? No, her name's Helen. In Bankery. Oh. Hi, Helen. She's a anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a chap called David yeah. Fraser who's posted in I Hardcore You Brew Dog, which sums it up for me. Which is, I like it. I remember when everyone hated the last rebranding. Now everyone's defending it. We've been here before. <laughs> yeah, we have. Yeah. Um, right. We we uh, we've probably been speaking about this for twenty minutes now, and it must be quite frustrating if you listen to this podcast. You can't actually see what we're on about. We've not even really talked about what this redesign means in terms of the direction that Brewdog's going. Uh, the big reveal is on Thursday. Uh, it's obviously timed so as um, it's all going to be settled in and moving long before the AGM coming up in April. But um, yeah, we, we when I often say this on this podcast, we will come back to this one. But hold on to yours, we will come back to it. Uh, if anybody's got any closing thoughts or anything they want to say before we move on, we've got heaps more stories we need to fill people on. But if anyone's got anything else, let's let's go for it and get it said. Um, it's always. Um... As always with anything on the forum, it's going to divide opinion. But as Brewdog have gone ahead with it, you've just got to really kind of make your peace with it and try and see forward um, what it's doing for the company and what it's doing for the value of your shares. And um, Brewdog have done things that I haven't agreed with in the past. They're probably going to do more things in the future. But, you know, uh, you've just got to trust that James Watt knows what he's doing. Um, What happens to the tattoos? That's what I want to know. If, if, good point. if the old tattoos aren't going to oh. be the current design, do people go <laughs> and get them redone? Point. <laughs> I feel sorry for your tattooist when you drop your kegs next time to get it fixed. Well. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Joe, uh, have you got anything else or uh, Andrew? Don't think so. I think I've said my piece. The Brewdog customer base is a magnitude of thousands bigger than the BrewDog shareholder forum community. 
the BrewDog shareholder forum community, the FP forum community, whilst very vocal, would probably have gone bust within three months of setting up a brewery of their own. (laughs) With all due respect, and there is a lot of respect, and a lot of love to some very dear friends who also have commented about how much they hate this rebranding, in a few months' time, come the AGM, yeah, we might be saying, not a huge fan, but we'll get on with life. Because life goes on. We've got more important things to argue about. Brexit, for example. Let's start on that. Oh, God, no, 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 no. Let's not change that. Oh, goodness. Uh, blimey. <laughs> right, uh, Ben, in your position as standing in for Bruce, can you please give us our teaser question and then we will play some music from the break or something. I don't even know what I'm going to play, but we'll do it. <laughs> sure thing. Um, so one of BrewDog's firm fan favourites um, is Libertine, the Black IPA. It was rebrewed recently and has continued to get great reviews. Um it was first brewed in March of which year? So Liberty in March of which year? Hmm. Okay, let's uh, play in something. It's a surprise to me, but let's just hit play. Beer like it was. Beer like it should be. Beer like it will be. Welcome to Planet Brewdog. In 2007, Brewdog came howling into the world. Over the last 10 years, we've taken that business that we started in a garage global. In 2013, we built this outstanding craft brewery in Ellen, Scotland. We've also got a fantastic facility in Columbus, Ohio. And this year, 2019, we're going to open a new one in Brisbane, Australia. We also own and operate over 80 amazing craft beer bars, allowing more and more people to try amazing world-class craft beer. Oh, and in 2018, we also opened the planet's first ever beer hotel in Columbus, Ohio. We are an alternate small business part owned by a hundred thousand people who love good beer as much as we do. Our equity punk community are at the heart and soul of everything we do. We wear our heart on our sleeve and we do things in our own terms and we do some crazy fish. Helping us turn an entire industry on its head. Being a great employer is core to everything we believe in. We share our profits with all of our team. We're a living wage employer, and we even give team members a week off work when they get a new dog. We call it paternity leave. It's a clever name. Thanks. Fueled by our passion for beer, our growth has broken all types of records. We're the number one craft brewer in Europe, and we won't stop until we're the number one globally. Our simple mission is to make other people as passionate about great craft beer as we are. And in terms of that objective, we are just getting started. Okay, so before the break, I asked, so um, which year was uh, Libertine first brewed? It was March, but which year? Joe, any ideas? Um, 2013? That's a long time ago, Andrew. Too early? Oh, you're taking me back. I think it was in the original labels, so that would be maybe 2012 sort of era. I want to say it came out of the, um, what was it called? The challenge thing. And it was in the same, was it in the same generation as Coco Psycho and Jack Hammer? Or have I just completely imagined that? I think Ooh. it was around that time. Both excellent beers. Go on well, then, The babe. correct answer is 2012. So yeah, you're spot on, Andrew. Oh. Very close, Joe. One year out. I need a t-shirt. Of course. <laughs> 
He's got he's got all the answers. <laughs> one, year, one year out, yeah, that's the, the. You sound like you sound like Ken Bruce on Radio Two. I love a bit of Radio for, Two. One for the younger listeners, there. Jeez, <laughs> he, he went he went to my school. Did he? Along with Carol Smiley, not at the same time. Anyway, oh. what's wow. she doing these days? Maybe she listens. Maybe she likes beer. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, we're keen to hear from you here on the Brewdog News Podcast, so please feel free to call us on one two two four five one eight five zero one. Just the one message this week. Uh, Andrew, you'll be glad to know it's not Watty. Uh, I did speak to him, but he's lost his voice at the minute. So uh, this one is actually from friend of the show. You'll remember him from the quiz. This is Chris. Hey team, it's Chris. I've been trying to keep healthy over the past few weeks, uh, so sticking to the alcohol-free beers. I was wondering what the cost difference between the alcohol-free beers and the, the normal beers for Brewdog are. I know there's maybe a difference in duty prices. I know they're a little bit cheaper at the supermarket, but I was just interested in what the difference in price would be. Okay, Chris wants to know about the costs of uh, alcohol-free beer. This is what I mentioned earlier on. So uh, this is an interesting one, this, because um, I probably, like most other people listening to this, would assume that if you walk into a bar and see a pint of Punk AF, it should be cheaper than Punk. Um, but it doesn't always work like that, and it's not just economies of scale of what they make it. So I, I fired Chris's question off to a friend of the show, Ben Press, we mentioned him earlier, at BrewDog, and uh, here's what he wrote back. Uh, it's basically saying, first of all, malt. For any standard beer, the majority of the malt bill is uh, the base malt. This is pretty cheap, and it's brought in bulk as we use so much of it to get further cost savings through the economies of scale. The malt gives a lot of starch and enzymes for the yeast to convert into alcohol. Obviously, we don't want this in an AF beer, so we have to use a lot of expensive specialist malts, which are generally bought in sacks rather than tankered in in bulk. We need these to give the correct flavour profile, the colour and mouthfeel, and potentially some body to the beer, without as much starch that then can be converted into sugar and therefore alcohol. So it's not just as simple as removing the base malt from punk to make it punk AF. Uh, hops make up a significant proportion of the cost of our goods it's the second highest production cost after labor uh, and our af beers or at least the hoppy ones are dry hops at the same level if not more than their alcoholic counterparts um third of the four factors is scale all of our headliners are made on our largest site which is site three so they benefit from the scale and efficiency of that equipment the af range is not at the point yet where it can be scaled up to that level so the overhead cost of producing each batch is also higher on a per hectolitre basis. And finally, the uh, fourth one, he put crazy stuff. To make these beers a bit more interesting, they have crazy stuff like raspberry, and that's in the, the faux fox beer, and actual coffee in the wake-up call beer, which are expensive and generally used in pretty large quantities. Hope that clears it up, Ben. So uh, thank you very much for taking the time to write all that, Ben. Actually, that's that's been a bit of an eye-opener for me. So uh, contrary to what you might think, Punk AF is not just punk with um, no without actually being fermented or anything like that. It's almost a completely different beer. Um, and yeah, more hops probably in there. I know there's a lactose has to go in there and things like that as well. So yeah, interesting. Any any thoughts on that? Um, yes, uh, um I had a chat with um, some of the people at the AF festival and they all kind of said the same thing that they have to do some, a lot of different changes to the actual method of producing the beer. And some of them can be cost prohibitive to new breweries. Um, I spoke to the people who were behind big drop and uh, they contract brew at the moment with um, various different breweries around the country. 
and um, they bring their expertise to the breweries that might not actually make a uh, alcohol-free beer yet and um, some of the changes that they have to make to the actual brew process um, can sometimes be a bit scary for them as well apparently so uh, knowing that BrewDog have had to set up a separate area just kind of shows how much of a investment that they've put into the alcohol-free process. Interesting Um, well thanks again Chris that was a great question Uh, if you've got a question along the same lines uh, you know what to do just drop us a message or uh, leave us a voicemail any two we always like to look into these things Uh, but now let's move on to our 15 stories in 15 minutes segment that we like to do Um, folks let's try and do this in one take if we can in an actual 15 minutes I'm going to hit start on a timer and see how we get on and who's got the first one oh it's me fanzine Okay, uh, this one was a little bit quietly done. Uh, some emails did go out, but a lot of people said that they didn't receive the emails. So, Fanzine has had a pretty major update. Um, one of the complaints, which is a bit of a strange thing, was that Fanzine was always putting out three very different beers, but it always felt like none of those beers were really uh, the finished product or the real deal. Um, and I, I think that criticism was fair at times because some of the beers you were going well i just wouldn't buy this if it was uh, you know t- to be turned into production as it is right now um but what they've decided to do is make it so that two of the beers in fanzine every month will be from the amplified or high octane release planner so that's things like well we had libertine in the first one in january uh, and things like that so you will see beers in fanzine that you will recognize uh, you will also get your hands on some of the beers that are coming up that do look exciting I, I'd, I'd kind of be surprised if that um, espresso um, collab that we were talking about with uh, evil twin i'd be surprised if we didn't see a can of that uh, in fanzine but you know you never know uh, but there will also still be one can in there that is your regular fanzine weird and wonderful sort of thing so um yeah inevitably as we've talked about plenty tonight this got a lot of criticism i'd love to know what the figures are in terms of whether people have actually unsubscribed or not but for me personally i'm happy about it because it means i get to try the beers that i would otherwise have to go to a bar to get rather than just trying this random stuff that only has a very brief appearance in the bars anyway so yeah uh, i've talked way too long on that so i think we'll leave it there um but yeah Andrew, I'll quickly throw this to you. What's your one? Yep, well, I don't think you'll get Evil Twin in Fanzine because I think that's coming in bigger cans than Fanzine cans. Anyway, uh, Beatnik was announced today for nominations for the beer. So Beatnik is, it culminates in an event, the Beatnik Tasting Day, which used to be the Brew Day up in Ellen, which we went to last year, uh, Rob and Ben and Bruce and Chris and others yeah, Chris, and we had a yeah. wonderful time in the summer um basically until then we have a battle royale sort of situation where people can nominate beers the brewers will choose ones that might make viable beers and they go head to head submit your nomination on the efp shareholder forum and that's where voting will take place as well excellent work ben um yeah i'll put you a couple of links go and tell us about recent beers we need to be doing this more often the podcast i've been told off for not doing that. <laughs> absolutely so um there's quite a few new releases uh come out recently lots from overwork so you've got campfire cult it's a um sour pastry stout with marshmallow chocolate and biscuit you've got fake bake which is a liquid bakewell tart unfolds with cherry jam almond and hints of mocha you've also got some fanzine favorites from previously so you got white out which was a um 
New England IPA with tropical fruit, pineapple, mango, and peach flavors, dash of lime, um, but brewed with wheat and left unfiltered for a smoother taste. Uh, it was um, it was one of my favorites in the past. You've also got King. Oh, that's the one that tasted like Lil. It was, yes. It was yeah. fantastic. Um, you also had King's Shilling, which uh, is a wee heavy that uh, was previously only sold in Sweden. It's uh, got toffee and col- uh, salted caramel on the nose, toasted malt character, burnt sugar, nutty biscuit undertones, and slightly salty notes. And I believe Joe would like to talk about Arcade City. Well, you've got that one coming up further down the list, Joe. Oh, of course. I do. I'm excited. All right, I'm going to quickly jump in in that case. Uh, last bit on AF I wanted to say, uh, just a really more a passage here that I found from uh, the excellent Good Beer Hunting uh, blog. Um, this is just talking about low alcohol and no alcohol stuff. I, I thought there was some interesting facts in here. Data from craft beer distributor Ebra Trade shows that beers below 0.5% ABV represent about 1.5% of the UK beer market at the moment. Um, and just to include the bias of dry January, low and no alcohol, no Low and no alcohol beer still represents 1.2% of all beer sales throughout 2019. Uh, For comparison, and this is where I thought it got interesting, countries leading the non-alcoholic beer sales include Germany and Spain, where non-alcoholic beers make up 6.5% and 12% of the beer market in Spain is non-alcoholic beer. Uh, That I find fascinating, especially when you look at in the US, the non-alcoholic beer counts for 0.37%. <laughs> so yeah, America. Um, not a lot of people. Yeah, America. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, oh, that was interesting. Uh, Kate Burnot there writing on uh, good beer hunting. I'll shut up and pass it over to Joe. What's your one? I have got the um, Equity Punk walking tours Ooh. that were announced in mid January. Uh, unfortunately, two have passed us by. One, the first one was on the twenty fifth of January and was be ear mindful. Yeah, what they did there. Beat yeah. mindful. Yeah. Um, started at Brewdog AF, had a beer school on AF beers, learning about how alcohol free beer is made, as Rob told us just now. There is then a walk to Brewdog Dalston where people could sample five beers paired with five different vegan wings. So I wonder if anybody went on that would like to come and have a chat to us about it. The, mm. I, Let there's us know. no such thing as vegan wings. cauliflowers don't have wings (laughs) yes we've established this Uh, good point and this is what uh, Squiddy's up to for those who know Squiddy of flagship flame (laughs) fame? flame flagship flame jeez that's a different thing altogether Uh, Andrew you uh, I've given you this one Uh, I'm not done sad news oh sorry Joe go on gosh you're such a second one because there were three the second one was um, on the 1st of February, so weekend just passed for us. Uh, a Shoreditch walk-in tour. It would start at the Shoreditch bar for brunch and beer moses. Then they went round the best beer bars in East London, including the King's Arms and Mother Kelly's. Then they went back to Shoreditch and had a bottle share. So again, Ooh. if anyone took part in that, give us a shout. Let us know how it went because it sounds amazing. You can, however, still get tickets for the third one, which is Tower Hill and Hawks Brew Day. That'll be on the 7th of March. You will get to do a brew day on the kit there, then have an immersive beer school. Then they will take you down to Hawks on Bermondsey and they'll do you a beer school in cider and talk about how cider is made. And then, oh, this one's a long one, then you get to sample some of the breweries along the Bermondsey Beer Mile before heading back to Tower Hill. 
That one sounds brilliant. Very messy. I'm thinking yep. about it myself. <laughs> Me- right, messy. Yeah. Messy. Are you Definitely done? messy. <laughs> yes, I'm done. <laughs> Excellent. I'll crack on. Andrew, <laughs> there was bad news and then it was good news. Over to you. So our beloved Abby Scott, formerly Brewdog Abby, as some will know, uh, she's a forum favourite and uh, definitely a podcast favourite. She has moved on from her role at Brewdog. She's moved back down to Edinburgh, closer to home, and she's picked up a fantastic job running special projects for Brewgooder, who are also friends of the podcast. We love what they do. She's getting involved in some really cool events for them this year, um, whilst a lot of it's still to be announced and being arranged. There's a, a sort of global collaboration where everyone makes charity beer, which is really cool. Um, in the short term, if you go to iHardcore I Your Brewdog or onto the shareholder forum, you can see a post she has made with a quiz you can do, which is kind of like what BuzzFeed did about 10 years ago, where you basically put in lots of questions and you, it tells you which brewery you are. So check it out. Okay. Um, hi, Abby. She's going to be back on the podcast telling us all about it. So she's got, like you say, some really cool stuff coming up. She told me all about it. And uh, yeah, when it's the right time, she'll be back probably in a couple of episodes time. Uh, ben, quickly, if you don't mind, because we're getting well over time. What's what's a talk? Okay, so um, Brewdog have actually collaborated with Beerwolf to make punk OPA torps. So the torp is a two-liter draft bottle that works with um, a device called the Sub, which is made by Krups and Heineken. Um, it's essentially a mini electric cool. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who? <laughs> yes, Heineken. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, they um, they worked with Krups, who make a bunch of kitchen gadgets on uh, making a device that kind of brought draft beer to the kitchen uh there have been a few other options like phillips uh, who are working with ab and bev on a similar project so you get a two liter two liter draft bottle uh called a torp uh, it's about 15 pound for the tank the punk torp that was a bit weird um uh, you can get them from Beerwolf, and um, they've also got other such craft favourites as Wild Beer, Laguna Tess, and Het Elke from uh, Harlem in the Netherlands. Um, some great beers from them as well. But yeah, £15, I don't think it's too badly priced. I mean, compared to some of the other tops that they're doing, um, I mean, you've got like cider for £7 a top, but that's uh, Strongbow, I think, so... Uh, yeah, it'll be. Uh, they sold out very quickly on the first run, but the second run's just gone back up online. So we'll see how quickly they go. Very good. Well, now you know what they are. If someone talks to you about them, <laughs> uh, Joe. On to you with this next one. Uh, Brewdog are going to brew a new beer for British Airways, and they are giving people the chance to name it. Uh, it'll be launched in spring 2020, and on all the socials, you can choose between two options for the name. One is Jetstream, the other is Bravo Alpha. So head over to the various socials to put in your vote. I think that's quite an interesting one for the point of view then that the um, the work that they did with British Airways must have gone really well. The sales yeah. must have been really good on the flights because otherwise Brewdog would be out there and it'd be on to the next one. So, genuinely, yeah, um, the and that's freshest, good genuinely the freshest beer I drink, which is, is by virtue of the, the amount of travel for work, is Speedbird 100 in BA Lounge, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, it's it's fresh. Beer. It's always in the fridge as well, which is great. And it's an excellent beer and it's free. So what's not to love? <laughs> well, for the for the likes of yourself, I suppose if you do the amount of travelling you have to do, it's, <laughs> you take the small wins when you can get them. Hmm. Uh, right. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, now, who? I don't speak Spanish very well. Um, see, <laughs> you know. So this is Brudog Caceres, maybe. 
Okay, basically, uh, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes to this. Um, there is a fake brew dog bar has appeared in Spain. And I am not kidding when saying, like, even I, as someone who knows brew dog pretty well, would go, yeah, that's, that's a brew dog bar. The, the signage, the cups that they're using that they put the chips in on your plate, um, the internal layout, the board inside, it's a brew dog bar. I mean, whoever decided to do this, whoever decided they were going to make money by selling brew dog beer and pretending to be a brew dog bar, well done. Even to the fact that they set up online all the fake profiles and everything and went and linked up to the main brew dog. Just well done. I mean, amazing. Uh, the lawyers are obviously involved now, so it'll get changed. I think there's a there's even a conversation about maybe they could actually work with these people rather than just like you know tell them to stop. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was really funny. So yeah, pop have a look. It's the on the forum. It's fake brew dog bar in Spain. I'll pop the link in the show notes for that one. So yeah, there you go. Um, Joe, uh, Arcade City. We mentioned it earlier. What is it? Yes. So. Arcade City is uh, an alternative take on a Brewdog classic. So they've part-fermented Tokyo Star, one of my favourite beers, and then they've part-fermented it at Overworks with the house yeast there, and the result is now Arcade City. Um, apparently it is a mythical spin on a digital world. Can't comment on that yet. I have a bottle of it downstairs. Uh, I'm on my two weeks without beer at the moment, so I haven't drunk it, but once I have, I shall report back. Very good. Um, Andrew, uh, I noticed a thing here about a, a German ad. Uh, you're more seasoned than them, so I thought you were the rest, best person to talk about. What's going on with this controversial or not controversial advert in Germany? Yeah, thanks, Rob. You give me the wonderful job of talking about Nazis just after Holocaust Memorial Day. But actually, Brewdog come out of this pretty well. So there's some knuckle-draggers in Germany who brewed a beer from what they call the German Reich Brewery and sold it in a couple of, well, in a bottle shop and in a pub in uh, a town in eastern Germany not long after Holocaust Memorial Day. It's just generally horrible where the price for a crate was a number that means a lot to people who identify as Nazis and neo-Nazis. The label was all about the Iron Cross um, with the Nazi eagle. The letterings in that sort of 1930s, 1940s German Gothic script. It's just generally abhorrent. So Brewdog did something wonderful and they got one of those poster trucks. You know those sort of uh, vans where instead of having a flatbed, they put a big poster on the back that politicians often use. Oh yeah, like a big sort of triangle type thing. Exactly. So they drove this and parked it out in front of the Golden Lion pub in... uh, Kloster Versra, and the basically it says as follows in German it says what does it say wenn du nur eine Hauptfarbe magst kannst du mit mehr als 13 Sorten a nacht anfangen which translates as if you only like one skin colour you won't be able to deal with more than 30 varieties anyway and it's one of those guerrilla brutal things. I feel things. I should apologise to all our German listeners right now for that terrible <laughs> German accent when he read that out, uh, I assume. Or, uh, depending on how the reaction goes, well done on that great German accent there. That was really well done, Andrew. <laughs> I, can, I can speak some German. Sorry, come on, somewhat come taken on. away from the point here, am I? So it reminds me, and reminds me of when the tank was driven down Camden High Street back in before the first... Um, 
first London bar opened. It's that sort of slightly edgy but absolutely gauging public opinion sort of marketing piece. And so well done, Brewdog Deutschland. You can see a great picture, by the way, on Instagram on the Brewdog, at Brewdog Deutschland. I will also stick a link in the show notes. So if uh, if you're on, if by the way, if ever anyone's ever wondering what I'm on about show notes, if you're listening to this in a podcast app, have a click around and you'll find there's a section where we link up to all the profiles and Patreon and all those sort of things. Uh, and uh, where we, when we have these sort of links and things we want you to see, that's where I post it for you. So uh, yeah, have a look on there. Um, right, Ben, uh, if you wouldn't mind, again, we, we're actually over <laughs> our 15 minutes. So let's blast through these. Surprise. <laughs> Short North, yes, go Short for it. North now has kennels. They have two Brewdog themed apartments with the usual Brewdog features, including a shower, beer, fridge, uh, the record player. Um, you can get pizza and beer delivered from the bar downstairs. And you've got the benefit of being in the middle of all the action in Columbus, in one of the nicest parts of Columbus, Short North. It's quite an arty district, and uh, it's a part of the um, city where you've got loads of breweries and lots of fun things to do. Um, both suites have two bedrooms and can cater up to six people each, so they're pretty big. Um, the prices run at about £162 a night at the moment, um, and there's a £25 service fee from Airbnb for that. Um, you can check out on Airbnb, uh, you just search for Short North Columbus and it'll come up as the Punk and the Elvis suite. What if you don't want to sleep with six people? Um, that's a good point. <laughs> Um, my one's really short and sweet. Uh, it was just to say that if you hear people talking about Punk A, Punk B, or Punk X, uh, what's actually happening there is that uh, on the forum, the mythical forum, of course, uh, there was a, a, a post put up by James talking about um, the trying uh, a different variation on Punk, moving the Punk recipe forward. And they've asked people to do sort of blind taste tests certain bars again. It it's, it's kind of seems to be traveling around and doing different things. So. Uh, don't panic. Nothing major is changing. It's just an experiment, and it's getting people involved in voting on that. So, yeah, that was all it was to say on that one. Um, ben, uh, what's this next one? Um, I know you're not too familiar with this neck of the woods, but I thought I'll give you yeah, this Yeah, no worries. One. Uh, so the planning permission um, at uh, the old Powerjacks building in Ellen uh, has just been approved. Um, that was just today, as we as we're yes, actually recording. Just today. Yeah. Um, so breaking news. Uh, well, not when you guys hear this, but um, so um, they're going to turn the former Powerjacks building uh, into the new Dog Tap Bar, and they're also going to add a craft beer museum. Uh, the new bar will also have a shop, a kitchen, um, dedicated events area, and a beer museum, uh, as I mentioned, uh, which should give insight into the entire brewing process. Um, the uh, statement lodged with the council uh, last year said the rest of the building would be used as a warehouse and production facility. Um, and their planning manager says that the proposal would ensure an absolutely world-class visitor experience and help to support BrewDog's ongoing long-term presence at the site as the headquarters and as a major local employer. Nice. I wonder what sort of timeline we're looking at because... Uh... Yeah, certainly not going to be before the AGM, but, uh, well, you never know. Sometimes things go that way with BrewDog. They get ambitious. Yeah, soon. That's soon. Yeah, yeah. there's a there's an in-joke for you. Uh, Andrew, um, we were so sad to say goodbye to Alison in America, uh, but her replacement has come in. Jason Block, he is now the CEO of BrewDog USA. Um, did you get a chance to have a little look at his Q&A that he put on the forum? And if so, did you pick out any nuggets? No. 
right brilliant uh joe <laughs> <laughs> um he there was he seems like a very nice chap said nothing of great note or scandal but uh yeah we'll see how he goes Okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, obviously, it'd be lovely. We always say this, but it never happens. But yeah, we, we, we need to get out and chat to these people. I know um, Doug Johnson uh, out in the USA, he's super keen to have an excuse to go and meet Jason and have a chat with him. So, yep, that will happen. And last one of this 15, we're about five minutes over. It's not too bad. Joe, where's EFP6 at as we get closer and closer to it closing? EFP6 has smashed its... 7 million target it's now on 7 million 848,750 pounds with 40,836 investors and it says there are 61 days remaining oof that's so that's easy going to break 8 million um, yeah. it might even get up to 9 by the time uh, it closes at the AGM that's quite impressive so cool thanks for that um Right, it says here, Bruce's bad joke of the week. Now, Ben, as stand-in for Bruce, um, <laughs> you've had no time to prepare. Have you got a joke? I have a backup one. If I do you have don't. a joke. Oh, God, here <laughs> we go. So, you, you guys might not actually know this about me, but I actually once tried to write a book on penguins. They're quite interesting creatures. The problem with writing on penguins, though, is they always run away from the pen. So, can we make this like one of those like Black Mirror or whatever it was, where the listener can choose the ending and give them the option to Ooh. not have the joke. <laughs> give them options. That's a good idea. I'll give you, you my interactive one. Interactive podcast. I'll give you my one. It was, uh, I told this, I was in the, the world famous Newton Arms, there were 65 people staring at me. I was up on the stage saying, introducing the band and I, and I made this joke, which I'd taken off my Amazon device. Uh, I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. I like the penguin one better. Yeah. Literally, in a room of 65 people, one, I swear, one person laughed out loud, and then everybody laughed at that person. <laughs> Just checking you were meant to be on the stage at this point. Do you have too yeah, many beers, I, I, Rob? I, I was introducing the band and telling everybody the pies were ready. <laughs> Uh, nothing says provincial it's a very important pub. job <laughs> <laughs> okay that's it for this podcast final mention for our patreon campaign uh we could really do with some new supporters on there uh it sounds a bit needy but this is the way we managed to put the podcast together and we get to do these things that we wouldn't be able to do otherwise please visit patreon.com forward slash brewdog news for all the details uh, and you'll see a video that Kev, always mentioning, from Board the Digital, helped us put together. Uh, right, let's wrap things up. Joe, where can people find you online if they want to talk to you? I am Joanne Love Beer on the forum, and I am a woman's brew on Instagram. Awesome. Uh, Bruce, or oh, you're not Bruce, you're <laughs> Ben. Where can people find you? Uh, I can be found at Brewdog Antarctica on Twitter, and I'm BenM91 on the forum. Ace and Andrew, if people want you. Where will they find you? Well, probably not in the UK, but where will they find you online? So find me on the EFP forum as Andrew, and I'm also looking after the Brewdog News Podcast Instagram, which is at Brewdog News Podcast. 
awesome uh thank you very much uh you can find me at sunscream on twitter and the same at sunscream on the forums um or just tag me up on facebook you'll soon find me that way uh ben um i really mean this buddy thank you that is uh, quite a lot of your time that you've suddenly had to give up as of seven o'clock this evening it's now ten o'clock seven o'clock this evening you didn't even know you were doing this and i think a little mini round of applause for ben so i think he did a sterling thank you very job. much Thank you. Uh, hopefully Bruce back next time. No offence to you, but yeah, it's, uh, I know he's still out on his police job just now. It's uh, yeah, part of his job. It's nothing we can do. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, send us a voicemail, local rate number 01224-518-501. You can email us studio at brewdognewspodcast.com. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash brewdognewspodcast and our Twitter is at brewdognews. Our Instagram is brewdognewspodcast, as Andrew mentioned. Show notes, past episodes, that's all available on our website at brewdognewspodcast.com. That's where you'll find all those links as well to everything we were talking about. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to make sure you get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. There's links on the website everywhere where you'll find the podcast, which is pretty much everywhere. Okay, we will be back in a couple of weeks, three weeks maximum, I promise. We are getting back on track now. Have a great couple of weeks, everybody. Bye! Bye. Bye-bye. Bye!